Today, we are so excited to have Lena on our podcast. She owns a store called Farmhouse Frocks in Millersburg, and she is just so much fun with all her wisdom she can share. Lena touches on everything from her mentors to owning an Airbnb to having a great staff who cares about each other to having a very big social media following and online sales. Her store is beautiful with a lot of great products, and we were so excited to have her on today. So I have to tell you, I'm not sure how many women we've interviewed yet since we started, but out of all of them, you make me the most nervous because (laughs) in a good way, because I, you're so good with fashion and I'm not like, I'm the very plain Jane person. And I was like nervous because I knew you were going to have like cute, cute, you know, jewelry and cute (laughs) clothes and And so I went to your store the other day for the first time, and it's just beautiful. Like, it's welcoming, but then everything is set up so cute. And you you just feel like you could spend a lot of time there. Your staff was very nice. You could be very, very proud of that. Mm, Thank you. So what made you decide to open your own business? First of all, I want to thank you for all your kind words. (laughs) If you get to know me, you know I you don't have to be nervous around me. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I didn't ordinary... want to make that because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put no, makeup on no. just because <laughs> Well, if you watch my stories every day, you see I don't wear makeup. Today I did put lipstick on for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we honestly, I literally am a low maintenance girl. You might not think that, but let's get back to the question. But thanks for having me. Sure. It's my pleasure to be here. And I'm so excited to dig into what you want to ask me. And the reason I started my business is because as a plus size woman, I could not find cute clothes. And so I started uh, making cute clothes for plus size women and soon realized that every size woman wants my clothes. And so now we have clothing from size extra small all the way to three X and the three X actually do fit me. You know, uh, it's in Lane Bryan fashion. It would probably be a four X. So, uh, part of my mission statement is empowering women from the maker to the consumer, which I'm sure we'll dig into this, the local Amish women. We design all the clothes and the local Amish women sew it. And just about body positive, uh, women are so hard on themselves. And But clothing is a big part of who we are and that we have comfortable clothing. I think also in 2020, more than ever, we wanted comfortable clothing. And it's almost like we were a step ahead of that because our clothing fits and covers the bumps and makes you feel comfortable. So when you started designing the clothes, did you open your storefront right away or were you doing it like out of another building first? How did you start that? So I started farmhouse frocks in the basement of my house. Uh, uh, that was in in September. And then the following spring, I opened in downtown Millersburg, which is not the location we're at now. It was two doors down. And then we just rented and this opportunity came to buy this beautiful old building and we were very fortunate. It's a whole God story how we got that. So tell us. Okay. (laughs) No. So I was getting ready to go on a retreat to Morocco and it was a big deal. I planned for it for a long time. It was, I was traveling all by myself there three days before I left. I heard that 
the building two doors down from where we rented is going to be for sale. And I, it was my dream building. It was beautiful. It was bigger than, than I ever dreamt I could own. And that is uh, where I really leaned into I am enough. I, of course, didn't know if I could afford it, if I saved enough money, all the things. And I went and asked permission to look at the building because I knew when a real estate of this beautiful building comes up for sale, I knew it would go fast. And I knew I was gone for two to three weeks. And I was scared by the time I would get back, it was gone. And so I looked at the building, asked the local banker if I could borrow the money. She told me that no business does well in downtown Millersburg, that she does, she's not going to give me the money for the building. And so I also didn't want to be burdened with having debt from family. And I never want to be under that. I want the freedom of knowing that I can not owe somebody something. And I got to Morocco and I was with all these entrepreneurs that were just, I showed them the building. They were like, that would be a million dollars in New York City or Salt Lake City. You got to buy this building. That's just amazing for the price. And, you know, because we're a little hometown in downtown Millersburg. And, And so I called the owner of the building. And I said, I'm buying it. I want the first chance. And it ended up, oh God, story later, I did buy it and we are debt free from everything. And, you know, um, the pandemic hit and we were making hundred thousand masks. It was, it changed our life at Farmhouse Frogs. If you follow our stories, it, (laughs) we went through so much trials and hard work, um, we there's so much to tell you uh, about the God story of how we are debt free with that building. Um, we started making masks and are the same label as that's in the back of our clothing. Hundred percent beautiful, hundred percent God worthy, hundred percent. There's four of them. I can't think of them, but we'll we'll put them in. Uh, make sure that I, we'll tell you about that or picture that. But I put that inside the mass and all at once we just, it just went viral about our mass. And we were to your real Americans that could not buy masks before the masks were available. So everybody was worried about the nurses and the frontline people, but the everyday American people could not buy masks and they were able to. And we shipped them out the same day and we would ship in the morning from four o'clock till 11 o'clock at night. It was the craziest thing we ever did. But all the local Amish shops were closed, uh, like the wood shops and the old poster shops. So they, 14 of these Amish shops, sewed these masks for us. And we paid over 400,000 in labor to these people that didn't have jobs. And it was just totally ordained by God of how it all came together. It was way bigger than myself because of COVID, my family and I, we just hunkered down and we had like five other people working for us in house. And I got management from a local manufacturing where they did the trailers. He was a very good leader. He could communicate with my Amish guys. He came and worked for me. 
I paid him 10 grand to come work for me for one month. It was just a lot of really cool stories that came out of it. And now even our success today, when they have those masks, they see it every day and our website's on there and our online has went just crazy. So all that was a blessing, yes. that's the right word to say, from COVID that mm-hmm. you never saw coming 12 months ago, mm-hmm. how that would work. Mm-hmm. And even today, when I looked up around my uh, team's part, uh, the table uh, the other night when we were gathered for Christmas, I looked at all of them and I was like, all of them were new and all of them were very good employees because I could pay them a bigger wage and I could keep them. We have two full-time shippers. We have an uploader every day that just takes pictures and uploads products all day long. We, I have a personal assistant. We have somebody that just takes care of social media. We have people in the storefront. It's just a dream team because of COVID and, you know, they were out of jobs and, and it was, it's all good. You know, I, I have a lot of empathy with people that lost their jobs and have heartache and family that they lost family through COVID. And here for us, it's been a blessing. Uh, and in return, we like to bless others because of it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can go on and on about how good God has been to us in this past year. I think that I do have a gift of thinking positive out of something negative. I'm not saying that I haven't worked through really hard stuff. I remember going home at night at 11 o'clock. When you do this, for, we did this for two straight months of working those long hours and not bringing people in because we were scared they would make us sick. And when you do that for two months straight, you can't even, you have no choice but to get your strength from the Lord. That's the only way it worked. But I always tell my girls, you got to make hay when the hay's ripe. And it was one of those times where the hay was ripe and we had to hurry and make the hay. And, you know, I remember going to Target and seeing masks there. And I was like, now it's over. You know, that part's over. Now we can focus back on the frocks. We yeah. still do sell a lot of masks, but it's not a moneymaker. You know, we're just producing the masks. I mean, the frocks a lot. Like, we're busy with that. And we also add a lot of smalls, like scarves and jewelry and all that. Yeah, I noticed that. And when yeah. I walked in, you had a really, really good smelling candle, too. Yeah. Your yeah. whole... Business smelled yeah. really good. Thank you. So do you design the jewelry as well or does that kind some of, of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it is handmade and some of it is not. Okay. When you bought that building, I know you said it was a beautiful building, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's so beautiful inside from the colors and the old hardwood floors. Like, mm-hmm. did you, did you guys decorate the inside of that building? Was it already, mm-hmm. did it already look like that? And you put your stuff in it? How did you do that? You know, I always have to have my all white aesthetic. We just uh, painted the outside of the building this summer. Okay. All white. And the walls were all like a not bright and white. And we, we painted all those. Uh, mm-hmm. We, everything happened so fast when we got it. And, and, you know, a week after we got it, it was all ready to move in. And then the upstairs is absolutely gorgeous. It's like a oasis of, and the thing is I decorated the whole upstairs like a Moroccan Riyadh. And even my Florida houses that I rent out, they're like my Riyadhs, which is like a, a Moroccan style. And 
and because of that trip that I took there, it inspired me. And even some of my buying, I do a lot of the straw bags and yeah. stuff like that uh, because of my inspiration when I was in Morocco. I now, is that wait. because you thought it was beautiful there or because what that trip meant to you as far as like uh, as probably, a business owner of, of the, making your building dream kind of a reality? Probably both. Moroccan, the heritage and the culture in Moroccan reminded me so much of my heritage. Mm-hmm. Growing up Amish, like they are families that eat together, live together, like so many same styles and culture that reminded me so much of my own culture of uh, mm-hmm. how I was raised Amish. I also just really liked the a lot of the, the straw chandeliers and stuff like that. That is like more of the boho or Moroccan style. And I like the style of, I was really inspired by that trip. So I brought some of that home. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. It does. Okay. Do you want to go back there someday with your family? I do. Yeah. (laughs) I want to take my girls there. Both of my girls are in business with me and they have a big part of my success. So what is that like? Because you're in business, like you own the business, but they're employee, Mm -hmm. employees. Mm -hmm. But then you're also mom. What is that? What is that like? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of fun to it. Are there any Mm -hmm. challenges to having? Absolutely. Uh, So one thing that one of my coaches gave me advice early on is overpay your children because the work they bring to your company is way more than anybody else ever and ever can bring. And that is probably one of the best pieces of advice. Uh, we have boundaries. Basically, they have boundaries with me. <laughs> so they are early on in the business. We really soon realized Felicia, my oldest, is really her strength is to be out front with the customer. And uh, she really loves on our people on the front side. She can really make people feel welcome like they came into her home. Mm-hmm. And just she has a gift of making somebody try on a frock and feel beautiful. And Sydney, uh, my youngest, is she could probably run my business because she is she's a leader. Uh, she develops all our website. She is very creative. She creates our reels on TV with the uh, music. She's ahead of the game. She thinks like me when it as a seven on the Enneagram. Oh, and yeah. Yes, Enneagram. Yes, yes. So, so honestly, you know, now they don't usually, when we travel together, when I want them to work on the Instagram or answer email, anything, and I hand them my phone, they clock in. Okay. They don't do stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And not that they wouldn't, and they gladly do it, but it makes me not ask them. When they could, they're both, you know, Felicia's married and Sydney doesn't live at home anymore. But it's, it's really a mom's dream to be able to work with her girls. And we honestly have so much fun together. Yeah, I we, can tell. <laughs> we, they're just really fun and they have my back. And, you know, now I feel like my whole team is my family. It took a little bit till we got there. I think when you pay people better, there's more respect there. And there's also the quality they deliver is better or you can require for the more. Um, I have a really hardworking team and I feel very fortunate with that. But there has been challenges with my girls and I, but generally we have 
a thing. My parents always taught me we talk about everything. We don't hold grudges and we talk about everything. So we have a thing. We call it the pinky. I don't know if you guys seen on our social media, but it's basically when you want to forget that you said something hurtful, you want to move on and move past it. And let's say I was bossy to Sydney or said something disrespectful, I would go up to her and say sorry and then stick out my pinky finger and she would grab my pinky finger and we would just start over for the day. And that pinky has helped us so much. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, between the girls, you know, sometimes they get a little, but yeah, we kind of have a thing where they keep me in check, you know, with my buying, with my designing, with buying fabrics with everything. (laughs) They're like, no, mom, we don't do that. Or they really keep me in check of, they get my mission. And yeah, I'm very, I feel very blessed. Well, and that's, that's great that you support each other. And also too, how many moms get to work or see their grown children Mm -hmm. like every day. That's got to be a a fun thing too. It is. It's, it's really, Felicia cut down on her days. She used to work for four days and now she works two to three days and fleet uh, Sydney works four days. So it's great. It's really great too. I always think, Oh, it, this is not going to be forever, but I am going to enjoy this season. Were you nervous about being their boss and their mom? Or did you know? With I think early on, were? I just, I really wanted to make it work. Mm-hmm. I really, cause we're so open with each other. Well, it sounds like you had a good relationship going into this. Mm-hmm. So it was that I'm sure that was, a help I think I, I'm much better with my adult children than when they were toddlers and mm-hmm. where it's vice versa with my husband. Like he was so great when they were toddlers. And I'm just like always amazed that my children are so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You guys, you know, because, because that yeah, means. well, it's just like, I, I feel I could have been a better mom when they were toddlers. And now I, I know I'm a good mom as a teenager. They're my friends and mm-hmm. uh, they're almost out of their teens already. And I just, I'm really proud of them. I was, I was probably really hard on them. My no's were no's and yeses were yeses. And I, we, we were very open. We talked about everything and I think now it just, I don't know. It came for full circle. Uh, mm-hmm. I always have wish my girls. And my son, we have, uh, we have a son in between the two girls. A lot of people don't even know I have that son because he's not on social media a lot. Okay. And I think for both of my girls, like Sydney, Felicia could fly all over America and teach people about how to, how customer service on the front Mm -hmm. end. And I would wish that for her if she would want to do it on her own or if under us, whatever we do, because we do a lot of coaching. Okay. And and Sydney could (laughs) go and clean up people's businesses and say, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that or teach them social media. Like yesterday, we had a two-hour coaching session and she... She's teaching 50% of that. She's really good in teaching and outlays and um, Mm -hmm. she's good at uh, explaining things where I just PowerPointed and then she explains it and we work well. We've spoke together like in Dallas and stuff where we work well together because of of just our personalities. And And how old are your kids? So this is, I don't even remember my own age. (laughs) But I think Sydney's 18, Quentin's 21, and Felicia's 25. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. So they have that working for you was probably one of their first jobs even, right? Uh, Felicia Felicia worked for a boutique before she came. And she learned. She knew a lot before she ever came 
Sure. Uh, yeah, she learned a lot of her ropes, how to treat customers and how to get them to try stuff on. And so, and then Quentin, he never worked for me. And then uh, Sydney, it was, I think she was 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> she could have ran my business already. Yes. That's fun. And she did all the homeschooling and graduated high school just from homeschooling because we traveled a lot. And she didn't, she's one she doesn't like to miss out. Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. Well, those memories of traveling together, oh, too, yes. I'm sure are great. Yes. We have so many amazing memories. Mm-hmm. So you already talked about your family and working with your family and what's what that is like. What would be some advice that you might give somebody else who is working with their own children, either as a startup or maybe they're, they've owned a business for a long time, but their kids are becoming of the age where they can work with them? What would be some advice that you would give them overpay them that's 100 percent. don't take yeah. advantage of them i like how you said like they're that they clock in when they're doing oh, yeah. their stuff because i even think, when we brainstorm yeah around her table i go i just look at him and say you can clock in mm-hmm. or they say mom i don't want to talk about work and then i'll just like put it on a shelf because i get like where i'm so s- scared i'll forget that idea so mm-hmm. i'll just w- go and on my phone, on my notes, and I just hurry and write it down there because they're not my dumping of my mouth of what my right. idea is. So I would say boundaries and overpayment and talk about stuff. Don't have the unknowing. Talk. I talk to my girls if I die, what they get. Mm-hmm. I talk everything with them. I don't care about money. I care about relationships. I But I know to to empower women, I have to make money. But I'm not motivated by making money itself. But I know if I want to empower women, I have to make money. Yeah. Well, and there's nothing wrong with making money either, to, especially like yourself. But I'm not motivated by it. Yeah. But, you know, that's where the business coaches and people like that came in, financial coaches. And I had to, like, just, you know, make sure it made sense. Mm-hmm. I have to make money what I'm doing because I'm taking so much time away from my family. You know, I'm. it's my life. Mm-hmm. So why are you doing it? Right. Then at the end of the, your life, do you not have relationships and you just have money? Right. It's and that's no it. fun. Yes. Yeah. So did you always want to own a business? I know why you started the business was because you were looking for clothing that you liked. But, you know, growing up or as a young adult or even as your kids were, were growing up, did you picture yourself being a business I did. owner? I always wanted to be a business owner. And I always dreamt of being where I am now to have a voice as a little Amish girl I never Mm -hmm. had felt like I had a voice or people listened to me or what I had to say and I wanted to be able to make a difference in people's lives and I have to say I just did this thing of I get very focused almost like move out of the way I'm coming through I I'm going to do this. Once I decide and have my eye on the prize, I I do whatever needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I get like a bulldozer, like move out because I'm doing this. And and the biggest thing is I set goals and I do one thing toward my dream every day. And all at once I'm living my dream. I That's what I teach in co- coaching. Mm-hmm. And I'm so driven with goals. And so when I have goal setting, I have plans of actions with dates with it. And and that's how it happens. So many, I just talked about this on the story this morning. I say, debate it, decide it, and do it. And so many just people just think, they try, and then they're tired. Yes. <laughs> 
you are right. <laughs> and I feel that way with myself sometimes. It's like you think and you think and then you just don't really do. And it's because it. of fear of failure most mm. of the time. A lot of times people don't do stuff because they're scared of failing, but they don't realize by not doing it, it's already a failure. And so many of my uh, decisions are made. Trust me, I make so many mistakes. You just don't hear about it. And I'm so much stuff doesn't work out, but I, it's because I try so many different stuff and you have to try things to know if it works or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But so my uh, business motto is more faith than fear. And so, so many of my decisions are made on faith or fear. So when I have a big decision to make, it's really hard for me sometimes. Like I'm moving my shipping table onto my part of my studio floor because we need more space in the receiving end. It's like going to cost me $10,000 to move that location in there. It's like scary. And does that, is it going to be okay in my showroom? There's so many things that I could just question myself, but I am like asking myself, are you making this decision on faith or fear? And instantly I know I'm making it on faith. It's always in black and white. Like I know the answer because it is sometimes it's fear. Then I ask myself where that comes from. And sometimes it's just not common sense. And then I always go with your gut of how you feel. I was going to start my boutique only being open because of COVID three days a week come January. And then when I did the numbers and I I considered that we were closed for two uh, months in 2020, I realized there's still such a big part of my income in the storefront, even though it went from 25 and 75% is online. It just did a flip. Okay. But I still can't justify that 25%. And so many people want a destination. But I have to tell you, as far as my sales girls, it's hard. People are rude. People, you can't see their facial expression because of right. the. And I'm like, if it's so easy to sell online, why do I have to put up with that? You know, mm-hmm. why do I have to have this pretty space for people to just walk around and say it's pretty mm-hmm. when it doesn't? So I just like kept asking myself, are you ready to close this and just have the shipping and the showcase for your online customers? Because I still have it pretty for mm-hmm. my online people. Right. And I realized that I'm not, that was my plan. And usually when I say something, I won't back down and that's how it's going to be. And I realized I had, I was making a mistake by closing my storefront for 2021 and, and we we're going to keep it open. And it's, it's a vital downtown business. And I think we just have to be willing to pivot for right. what's right. Right. And then you had talked about that you have coaches and you do coaching. Mm-hmm. Are you in like like a mastermind class? Or I'm not. Do you uh, like the one-on-one coaching? Yes. We used to do workshops and all that, but mm-hmm. the one-on-one coaching is the best. And I just find that the it's you're at the right level with that person. Mm-hmm. Of course, in Zoom and everything else is great now. And yeah. but I I like the one-on-one. I like to be taught the one-on-one way. And I also teach the one-on-one way. What is your favorite part about having a coach? And what's your favorite part about being a coach? My favorite part about uh, having a coach is somebody has walked the path before me. Mm -hmm. I always say, don't listen to anybody that you wouldn't want to be in their shoes. And, uh, you know, we go down to Columbus. It's a a bigger scale of our community of people that 
are millionaires, you know, and people that are very successful with their business. That's what I enjoy. And I also, you know, with depends if you're coaching on business or social media or financially, you know, they're all different levels of what I like of the individual mm-hmm. or counseling. You know, it's, I just feel like it's like experience under my belt. If I just have a commitment with my time and money to invest in it. And it's a great investment for anybody. What I love about coaching is I always teach out of my passion. And then I am never nervous or think, what am I going to teach them? Because it's stuff else. If you're always speaking or teaching out of your passion, you always have something to say or know the answer. I love teaching people what I've, the mistakes I've learned, if it can help them or encourage them. I'm very much, uh, straight to the point and like very direct with my teaching and coaching. I'll say, you need a new logo or, mm-hmm. or, you know, you need to do a story, 10 stories every day and you need to do a post a day. Like I'm very direct and some, you know, I, I love to be able to help people with what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's gotta be, I like that it's direct because I'm sure that saves them time and money too, rather than hearing what they want to hear maybe, mm-hmm. or, you know, how to help them that way. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's different on how they learn. And yeah. I think always, I think that one of the things I could get better at is adapting to where somebody is instead of always having my own mentality of straight to the point and this mm-hmm. is what I got. And, you know, as I do more, I'm sure I'll learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, Are you, do you like to read? Are you a reader? Do you find that that helps you? I know with the, we were talking to another guest and she's like, I just read and read and read. But some people, it, it seems like, Learning from reading, you either really do or you really don't. I, I'm a, um, I listen to podcasts all day. I don't mm-hmm. read. I, you got me for about two sentences. Like I didn't bring my list today mm-hmm. because I knew I wouldn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> like until it's laying right in front of me, then I'll read it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll read instructions if I have to, but I'd like to try. I would much rather listen to something or see a picture. Uh, mm-hmm. that's how I learn. So what would be some good time management tips that you could give somebody? Cause yeah. Abby, you had the business when you had, you know, kids at home and then mm-hmm. now they're grown, but there, there are other things taking at your time. I'm sure as you're more successful, like you're coaching and things like that. So what would be some good time management tips that you've learned? Do very little of what you don't like to do mm-hmm. or you're not good at learn to say no. I think especially since we've been going through this pandemic, I think a lot of us are very much more pickier what we do with our time. I don't like small talk. Mm -hmm. So I don't spend time with friends that gossip. Mm -hmm. I I just have zero tolerance for it. Like I don't like it and I don't. Time management, I I would say the key is my mom would always say early bird gets a worm. Honestly, get up early, do your meditation, do your lists. It's amazing how quiet before everybody gets up in the morning and you can literally do in two hours a half a day's work when nobody's around. And I, I think that's key to my, uh, some of my success is the lists and 
the meditation I do in the morning. I also am a doer. I feel like I don't spend a lot of time just wishing I would do something or thinking about it. Mm -hmm. If I want that kitchen cabinet painted, I'll just call, well, it used to be, I would just drive to the hardware, I'll get a gallon of paint and paint it instead of just saying I wish it would do that for a year. Mm -hmm. Or now I, you know, call a painter, I he comes, you know, I just am a lot more picky who I spend my time with. I have certain certain days. I remember going to a conference and they said, Wednesday's your hustle day. It's nobody's thinking about weekend. They're over the weekend and they're not into the... So Wednesday, and mentally, I think today we're going to hustle. And lists is such a huge part of my time management. Mm-hmm. Uh, every morning, my team has a list, uh, a written out list. We tried the apps with Asana and all that, and it just didn't work. It didn't. It, they have something they can highlight when they're done. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, all the lists come back on my desk, so I know what gets transferred on to the next day. And So those lists are made by you, where you're like, this, this, mm-hmm. this needs done, and you pass it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it works better also with my daughters. It doesn't seem like the verbals coming from mom, do this, do that. Sure. I am also a paper list person, so yeah. I love that you said that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a paper calendar person, I'm a paper list person. I love that. What would you say would be your biggest success that you've seen What in your in your business? I think I found my niche, and I think it has been Instagram. That okay. has been a big part of my success. Mm-hmm. We also, in the last couple of years, have used influencers, and that has been a big success for us, too. I think having good workmanship, you know, for my product that is locally made, I think that's part of my success. Mm-hmm. I also think my passion. I think uh, how passionate I am of what I do, and also that, you know, being a small business owner, you have to be able to want to work. My work does not feel like work. I literally on Monday and Sunday night, we always have this Sunday as our day of rest or inspiration. And by Sunday night, I am like, I cannot wait for Monday morning to come around. And usually I'm at work by 6am because I cannot wait to get in there and work. Mm-hmm. I love walking into my building. I love walking into my office. I love what I do. And I think that's part of my success. Yeah. Well, I'm sure other people can tell you love what you do too, because you, because you love it. So Mm -hmm. I know that, so you're coaching and you have your business and you have the Airbnbs Mm -hmm. that I saw on your website. Mm -hmm. So you, and you always said growing up that you wanted to own a business, but you actually own really multiple businesses when you look at it that way. What's your favorite thing about having an Airbnb? Is it I mean, I know you've decorated, is it decorating them? I know you've decorated them. Is it yeah. having a place to go? Is it knowing that you're making memories for people who stay there? People are making memories at your properties. What do you like about that piece? I think all of the things that you said, mm-hmm. I love. I think it's not as fantasy as you think it is and the money maker as you think it is. Yeah. Like my financial coach was like, now stop buying houses in Florida because mm-hmm. if you invest that money in your business, you can be making so much more but it was just kind of a fun side hustle to do with my husband my husband's not really as involved in farmhouse frocks as he is with the rentals in Florida I love the makeover part I love making something beautiful and but and I also really 
like like so many of our followers stay there. So it's like almost like you're hosting them in our home. Oh yeah. And and they're getting rejuvenated and they're inspired by what they see. I love that I can have a place. There's something about having a culture in a different environment. So we have a Moroccan culture in a Florida environment or like at my store I have kind of the Moroccan culture in the Amish country environment. Mm-hmm. And there is something that ignites the spirit when you c- cross those over. Do you understand? Yeah. Like we could have the Florida Airbnbs. We could have those under like a decorated like Florida. <laughs> right. You know, but there's something about that environment when you do a crossover that really rejuvenates the spirit. And of course we we pray over properties and anoint them and we want it to be a restful place for people and where they get new inspiration if it's through nature or or design. That is really neat. And we did have an Airbnb and you're right. It's a lot more work <laughs> than, than people think, but it's also, at least for us, we would take our four boys there and we would make mm-hmm. memories. And yeah, I know like great. you guys are yeah. making memories and I saw your daughter was down there with you guys yeah. on one of your stories. So that's got to be yeah. kind of special too. Yeah. We, we are, we always love taking our friends and family and it is really nice. It's like, almost like when I walk in, I, I'm like, pinch me, you know, that this is our home here. And yeah. yeah, it's really, honestly, I feel like it all is the Lord's. When I say this is my house, it's really not my house or this is my business. I, he just trusted me with it. Yeah. One of the things I love too is that you said that you hire the local people to to make the things there. Mm-hmm. And so you are that, I mean, I'm sure there are multiple ways that you're helping the community that your store is in, but that's one too, by hiring local people. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, are you talking about the, the about Amish women or in the, in the, in Millersburg? Okay. Yeah. We have 30 Amish seamstress that sew for us. And mm-hmm. so I love that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they can stay home with their children or grandmas can provide and help provide, you know, for their retirement or mm-hmm. there's so many really cool stories. Like I just got a thank you note uh, from, I always had a banquet for my seamstresses, but because of the pandemic, we didn't. So I really blessed some extra this year because we didn't hold the banquet in house. And so when she th- uh, wrote me a thank you card for her gift, she said, I was able to buy a $900 sweeper because I sew for you. And just, or there's another mom that said she could build the back deck and, you know, it stays all in the community. Mm-hmm. So she buys the deck from the construction person. And it's, it's really neat because I'm bringing money in from all over America mm-hmm. and then it stays in the community and it's really cool. I think that's cool too. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then for the Florida rentals, I love that uh, the relationships I build, you know, I have a property manager cause I can't handle more stress of the maintenance of it. Right. But like I build relationships with the widow lady that cleans my house there. And, and I now have her bake cinnamon rolls and bring to the door in the morning and it gives her extra income. And it also, it's like her talent that she wants to be like 
recognized for. And yeah, there's always opportunities like that. Like this Christmas, we made these Henry trees and this one of the girls that works for me's grandpa went out in the woods and got the wood, the sticks, and then made this all by hand. And, you know, it was an extra income for him, but it also gave him a purpose as a grandpa. And yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed that your, your staff and even just different things you've, you've posted, but also your Christmas party where they all had the identical pajamas. <laughs> I love that. That I'm sure it's a work environment and work is expected, but it sounds like you really value fun and relationships too. Yeah, we do. They're all my kids. <laughs> yeah. What are some things that, I mean, but you also, I'm sure they have all different personalities oh, yes. and so forth. What are some things that you do to honor their personality, but also have them all get along? One of the things is when I hire, sometimes I hire uh, somebody that's for the storefront. And they don't excel in that, but they are really organized in organizing or they're really good. They would be good at customers. Usually the upfront people are not, are the ones that are good with customer service, but sometimes they're good placed in a different position Mm -hmm. than what they are hired for. So that's one of the key things that I do. I think training is so key. But also we like are crazy. Like my daughters and I, when people come on board, we say, you have to love Jesus, but we are crazy and fun and we like to be crazy and you can't judge us for it. (laughs) And so, you know, they're accepted right away, no matter what their junk is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have girls working from that come from broken homes. But generally what I look for is for maturity and that somebody is not the victim or they will. And in the interviews, I always say, how to how do you handle constructive criticism? Because mm-hmm. when I come to you, it's not about you, Mary Sue. It's about this is not going to work for my company and that you are. Not, I, I have strong yeses and no's. And and so I talk about that and I ask, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? And then we can work out of that. And one of the things if, you know, now my team is getting bigger. And so one of the things when something comes up, I'm not about having anybody talk about anybody behind people's backs. I say, okay, come with me. And we just march down the steps and we just stand in front of that person and say, she told me this is what you said. Can you tell, can we talk about this or Let's just talk this out. And it really does make a difference where they they know I'm not going to have anybody's back on. You're going to have to figure this out between the two of you. Or right. if they come to me and they say something, I go, did you tell her how you feel or do you need to go to her? And a lot of times on my team, I say, you bring me the problem. You have the solution. Well, that's good. So if usually it's actually a concern they have. Mm -hmm. So that in order for them to see that concern, they are very well aware that 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 needs to be changed. And usually they have a solution. Mm -hmm. So they're learning by they've learned through working with you Mm -hmm. about how to handle situations, which I would assume also makes it easier when you are traveling 
or you are in Florida that you know that your staff can handle mm-hmm. things. Does that well, make it more reassuring oh, when you're it's doing like different a, things? It's like night and day mm-hmm. from where I was, uh, you know, how I've grown and uh, build my team. It used to be where it was just, I could not be gone for more than three or four days. Mm-hmm. And because when I come home, everything was a wreck and uh, it was just not worth it. Then I'd be mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's nice how our phones are. There's accountability there, you know, with emails and orders being shipped out. All of our orders get shipped out the same day. So at the end of the day, if there's orders sitting there, I'm like, why are there orders here? And, but I think the big thing is they can talk to me like, just like they would talk to their mom or, you know, they right. can talk to me very openly. And we do have so much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. And that probably helps make it fun for you to be at mm-hmm. work and for them as well. Do you, yeah. do you think your customers notice how much fun you're having when they're All at right. the store? Well, most of our customers come in the door and they go, we watch you on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I would say at least 75% of our customers come in and say, and it's a destination. Mm-hmm. Most most people come from Texas, California, all over as a destination for a shop. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Is I that fun for you to get to meet all these people that have wanted to see where you are? I probably should put this out on, <laughs> on public <laughs> record. But honestly, you'd think that I just would be pouncing down those steps to meet everybody so excited. I don't know what it is, but something inside me. I mean, I'm so honored when people drive so far to come see us. Mm -hmm. And But I love having an office that where people can't see me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's just so much easier for me to be very relational on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And like I'm answering those inboxes. I do have help sometimes, Mm -hmm. but generally I'm answering the inboxes and I'm building the relationships on social media. But when it's in person, sometimes it gets awkward. It just, Mm -hmm. I I always, I'm writing a book right now. Mm -hmm. And so I always said, I'll I'll write the book and I'll have the book, but I don't know about the book signings. It sounds like I'm such a, like a, kind of like a stuck up person, but I Sometimes it just gets, I think it's because I don't like small talk. Okay. I think that's where it stemmed from because I've been trying to figure out why. So usually when you meet a stranger, it's about small talk. Mm-hmm. And I don't like small talk. and Because it doesn't feel like an authentic relationship? Yes. Is that why? Probably. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, and it almost feels like it's sometimes like almost like people put me up on a pedestal or like a celebrity or something. And it just makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how to act. Yeah. I'm just a little Amish girl. (laughs) Who is living her dream that she was designed to do. Yeah. I I sometimes can't believe I'm a designer, you know, uh, for Mm -hmm. what I hope to be one day a name in the household, like a name brand in the household. Yeah. So that's one of my goals. That's exciting. Yeah. What is your favorite thing that you have designed? Because you designed bags as well or Mm -hmm. as another thing? Probably not my favorite piece to wear, but our bestseller that I'm very proud of is the Rita Romper. Uh, It's famous. Mm -hmm. So many women wear a Rita Romper. It's our bestseller. My favorite uh, right now, my favorite to wear is either the Dilly dress or the Fee dress that I have on. Uh, 
I love both. They're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. So when you pick out fabrics and stuff, is that like, that's something you and your girls do together or is that Somewhat, something? It, probably 50, 50, mm-hmm. uh, it's such a fast pace. And so I touch every single piece I buy, uh, by samples. It used to be that we would go to the LA textile show okay. twice a year. And, you know, cause the pandemic, we're just doing all samples in house. And so now that you've done both ways, the flying out to LA, which I'm sure is an adventure. Mm-hmm. And then now doing it with samples at your shop, when you have the opportunity again to go to LA and fly and go away, what do you like? What do you find that you like better now that you're kind of in this and you've done both ways? Do you like to have it? Where you it's don't way better shop? in, in uh, going and exploring. Cause you find new companies. It's just the whole culture experience. We always mm-hmm. do photo shoots. We love California. Okay. We love Malibu. And I can't wait to fly to Sweden. And I use travel so much as my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always are inspired by a Western, West Coast, and even further countries, Western, because they're ahead of the East Coast. And so, yeah. I, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I just got an email and here I thought, oh my goodness, they're going to hold it in, uh, I think in February and here it's just another viral. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so they're planning on having it in October again, but I can tell I have to dig deeper, look for new companies that I just have to go and find mm-hmm. because I like to just keep things fresh, you know, not always yeah. having it same and a lot of times I just change colors. We always have d- different collections in seasonal. Like our next collection comes out in the spring. Yeah. Pattern making is a big part of what we do too. And my sister is my pattern maker. And that has not always been so. So my Amish sister is my pattern maker. And it's really a dream to work with her. She's the best pattern maker we've ever had and she gets me oh I'm sure yeah yeah. that's fun so it's not just your daughters but other family members and then community members you all you're all working Mm -hmm. together that's good well anything else that you can think of that you want to share before we wrap it up Oh, I just really appreciate you guys having me. I love stuff like this and I love talking about it. I, I think the biggest thing is don't be the victim of and be the, like, be the overcomer of what you've, what your struggles have been. And also do one thing towards your dream every day. And all at once you'll be living your dream. I love that. And you're proof of that. You've been able to do that. Yeah. Very good. So I just want the the listeners to be able to know where they can find you as far as the address to your shop and your Instagram and your website. Can you give us that? We are at farmhousefrogs.com for online. And every single piece that we have in our studio is online. And our studio is located in 45 West Jackson Street in Millersburg, Ohio. And our store hours are Monday through Saturday from 9 to 5. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest at Farmhouse Frogs. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.